What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You Podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Really appreciate it. My guest today has been a hustler since he was a little kid, since he was just a little boy. When he started his first business or acquired his first business at 15, 16 years old, going around the neighborhood, putting up Christmas lights, and then shortly thereafter, 16, 17 years old, was asked, hey, I need a storage unit. And instead of going... I don't know how to build a storage unit. He recognizes that there is a need and then figures out how to fulfill that need. And that's what I want you to listen to in his story. Listen to the times where he saw the need and instead of running away or saying, I don't know, he figures out how to fulfill that need and then puts in the work, puts in the effort. So when the big opportunities come, he has the knowledge, the know-how and the will and the expertise to take control of those big opportunities and set himself apart from the rest. He is a business owner, he's an entrepreneur, he is owner of DOP training, double ops functional training, and he's utilized his hustler, business, entrepreneurship mentality to set himself up as an elite trainer, an elite entrepreneur, and now he has an elite life and he's able to travel the world. Please welcome my guest today, Chris Mogan. I just had these huge, huge aspirations from like, I want to say like 14, 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. to really make something of myself and just go above and beyond just because I felt like, I don't know, I just, I felt like being average wasn't a, in the answer for me. It yeah. wasn't going to make me happy. Gosh, cool. Thanks for having me, man. You got it. I appreciate being here. Growing up where we grow up, where I'm very lucky to, you know, be connected to a lot of successful people or at least, yeah. you know, adjacent stuff like that. So yeah. So uh, we actually went to high school together, which is oddly enough where I always like to kind of start and kind of go through that. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Like if you had to describe yourself in high school, what would you do? How would you describe yourself? Well, first of all, I think we're both pretty blessed to have been, you know, to grow up to grow up out here and whatnot. Yeah. High school, um, seems like a long time ago, but um try to keep that thing like a fist away from me. Yeah, face. yeah. So those were those were the good old days actually. But um high school was a fun time. Um I think it, it got more fun as I got older, I think. But I think I've always been relatively the same guy. I've always been very confident in myself, maybe a little cocky when I was younger, but um I learned how to, you know, grow from that. For me, it was a little different. I, I grew up with the same group of guys. I mean, everyone in, in you know where we grew up knows each other. But I yeah. grew up with a twin brother in the same group of like best friends, and they all hit like their full potential of height, you know, by the time we were like in sixth grade. And I didn't grow till I was like I, th- I want to say like my in between my sophomore and junior year. Yeah. So things were a little different for me until I was about a junior in high school. I was cause I was really short, and right. I hate I hated being short, and it wasn't fun for me. I remember all, you being smaller than, than yeah. your brothers always. And yeah. so my brother and, and my my best friends. So we're we're all really good at sports. I mean, you were too. I mean, there was. I mean, we grew up with a lot of really yeah. good athletes. I appreciate you saying that, but no, I wasn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're a pretty good basketball man. You know, I think we're we grew up with a lot of good athletes, and you know, my twin brother ended up being six four and two eighty or senior year in high school. Yeah, and I was about one eighty. Just to put things in perspective, that's that's. It's yeah. like the movie Twins, you know what I mean? So, of course, I, right. was, I wasn't the leftover <laughs> shit or anything like that, but you know, I, I, I became, you know, of average height. I'm actually like the average man, you know, like 
pretty much like five eleven and three quarters. You know, about six feet. Yeah, one hundred eighty pounds, thirty two inch waist. You know, growing up with all those guys, and you know, they were excelling in sports. By the time we were like freshmen and sophomores in high school, and I was, I had my sport. So I I tried wrestling when I was really young, but I also played football, and I was pretty good at basketball and I yeah I wanted to play all those I wanted to play all the sports you know a few of us played multiple sports through high school right and I expected to do that but because of my height I just out of the blue like all my dreams just kind of ended right. I think that was actually in eighth grade when I realized I didn't make the basketball team and I was like this is like the worst possible thing that could ever happen yeah. to me and so from there I was kind of bummed out for like a couple of years about just like my height and that and whatnot and not being able to perform and being being a, one of the smaller guys in the room. It yeah. took me a while to get over that. Do you think, I, re, I always remember you being a real, use the word, so I'll, I'll use it, but I remember you being real confident mm -hmm. or cocky. Do you think that it was mechanism that you used to like overcome because you weren't? I mean, looking back, well, obviously when you're that age, you well, don't really think like that. Look, I th I think I came from a, I came from a very stable family. So, you know, I, I had great parents who, you know, my mom was a great mom. My dad was a great mom. You know, they didn't really drink or do, you know, didn't do any drugs, of course. And, you know, my dad was very big on education, multiple degrees, now has a doctorate. You know, my mom was a nurse. And so I just, I think I built a lot of confidence from having a twin brother, yeah. playing all the sports. We were not good at sports, like, when we were introduced to them, mm -hmm. but... We were athletic kids. My dad My dad is, not only does he have a doctorate, but he's like the highest ranking non-Asian martial artist in the world, and like Korean martial arts. So like Taekwondo, Hapkido, things like that. Is it like non, Kuk Su Kwan? Non-Asian, I don't think. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not sure. So non-Asian and, you know, meaning he's, he's high up there in the ranks. Right. We learned martial arts at a young age, and we learned how to fight at a really young age. And we were both, we both were very physical, and so we... My twin brother and I beat, the, we yeah. beat, we beat the shit out of each other, basically, from a very young age. Like, Do you bad. think you, uh, knowing, how, knowing how to fight or fighting at an early age as a young young kid, do you think that helped in your confidence? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So that, I, built, yeah. so that, built, conf that built a lot of confidence. You know, you go in, into, into school with other kids and peers, and you're just, I, mean, I hate to say this, but, like, I went to school in Los Angeles until I was, like, eight years old. And it it was hard getting to know like the kids and like there's always like there's always like kids you're scared of and kids that are like bullies and things like that. But you know, but when we got to Orange County, it was like it was a little <laughs> bit it was a little bit different. It was like we didn't really know where the hell we were or what Orange County was. Or, yeah. And I mean, kids were really, really. I remember in second grade, kids were like really mean and like everybody who kind of wanted to fight, but like no one really knew who to fight. And Nick and I had my twin brother's name is Nick, and Nick and I had been progressing and how physical we were with each other and i mean we, yeah. were, we were young kids punching each other in the face and stuff so by yeah. the time we got in, by the time when kids started getting really mean and physical in in elementary school you were already way past we were that. like all right right <laughs> yeah. i truly think that all young boys or young men should learn or take some sort of martial arts. Oh, absolutely. Because I think if they do that, it'll give you confidence like you it, can't fucking believe. It builds confidence, it, man. And then also, every single person in martial arts I've ever met is the nicest person. I have not met, I'm sure there are, but me personally, I've not met a fucking asshole. I've not met I anyone. I think what like happens as, as a human there. or as an animal even really, you just, you know you have this ability. Right. And then you're confident about that ability and it humbles you. 
And then also, it's you like know what it's like to get hit in the face. And so you're like, <laughs> yeah. it's really not worth it. You don't it. want it's not worth you don't, it. No, yeah. totally. And, yeah, and totally. the off chance that this dude or, or guy standing in front of me knows how to do it, it's not going to work out well. well. Frank so, with you. I, I, mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a pretty good fighter. I, I've never lost a fight. I've been up so much. I can't even tell you. I can't even begin to count the amount of fights I got into, like, growing up in elementary yeah. school and high school and then, like, in college. That was my thing. I just, I, for some reason, I was just, I liked to be the Robin Hood. I never picked any fights. I was never a bully, but I would always like intervene or friends would always come get me if they were getting picked on or something. And I could just tell you right now, basically, I mean, I, I could tell you what, even though I, you know, I, I kind of liked it and whatnot, it was, it's a pure adre- adrenaline rush for yeah. me. So I was like an adrenaline junkie and I, I was actually really scared of getting hit in the face. And I think that's why I was always such a good fighter. Cause I was just like so petrified yeah. of getting like That's your moneymaker. It's because you're too my, damn too damn freaking good looking. Just getting my tooth teeth knocked out or my nose broken or something like that, or just yeah. getting really hurt. I just never really want I never I just was so scared of getting hurt that I was just quicker than everybody else and faster. And I just would just be more aggressive because I didn't want to get hurt. But that was, you know, that was at a younger age and then and through high school and you know wrestled in high school and everything else i was just i yeah. learned all these skills and i just was i became such a a weapon i guess yeah and so but then but then into college mma got so big everybody learned it and it right. was just like, there was no difference between yeah. everybody else i want to ask so growing up in an awesome household like that did you get oh wait did let, you me, get... let me touch on that one more one more thing i got really lucky so when i was like eight, nine, ten years old, Yeah, I ended up being becoming friends with a group of guys that were all like me, mm-hmm. that a few of them all had older brothers, like uh, oh. a couple, one of my one of my best friends had an older brother that was ten years older, that was a crazy, just, you know, he liked to fight all the time, yeah. and things like that, so we just, we were introduced to it, we were exposed to it, yeah. and that's really what it was. Did you get a lot of, I'm always interested in pe- people like, like yourself and a lot of a lot of the individuals that we know growing up, you know, with the half kind of a quote unquote, like picture perfect life growing up. And I don't mean that. I mean that in a compliment, not in a derogatory sense, but because you're a very confident individual. So what was your kind of like childhood like? Do you remember having like talks with your parents where they always telling you, hey, you're a winner or uh, it just no. discipline in the house? Well, or like different between my mom and my dad. My mom was probably more so like the disciplinarian more so like mad at us for, yeah. my dad was it was a disciplinarian because he was you know he was this martial arts type guy my dad you know he's, my dad's persian i'm half persian and you know half mexican scottish and so my dad being a martial artist and being in the you know uh, high education type of you know guy he he just had those expe- expectations so mm-hmm. it, he wasn't really that pleasant to be around until we got a little bit older and he realized i think he just realized you can't be that hard on your kids and so he just completely did a 180 and lightened up my parents got divorced when i was 12 years old and they mm-hmm. got remarried to each other when i was 22 years old that's kind of cool it's cool but that's... it's so it wasn't a picture perfect you know like sure. they I, we dealt with them fighting a lot and yeah. that wasn't fun and uh, granted, the entire time they're both great parents. I mean, yeah. they're, great, they're both great people, but it's you know when you're dealing with two people that are going through a divorce, and it's just it's not fun. Now the divorce didn't affect us. When like, yeah. I remember getting pulled out of class by by a teacher one time, I was in fifth fifth or sixth grade, and she was just like, "I just want to pull you out and just hear, make sure you're okay, and this and that." And I'm just like, "Make sure I'm okay." Yeah, I'm like, 
I feel like my family just like won a finally won a war. Like they're they're <laughs> separating. Like right. like we're all gonna be so much better, and I'm happy. I'm happier. So no, things are fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I've yeah. I've always had this confidence. Like I have a big family, so like I was always best friends with my grandmother, who you know passed away a couple several years ago. Mm-hmm. God rest her soul. Loved her so much, and and my aunt very close with my aunts and my uncles. So. I never had a loss for like love or like, you know, attention. I was always, I was always calling them every day. Like we were always so close. So like them separating wasn't an issue for us. We were happy. we didn't affect our confidence or anything like that. I think we, we we overcame that pretty, pretty well, you know, you know, given the circumstances, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I just always, always wonder. So I think that's a real big thing in, I hate to give tips, but I'm taking tips from your parents, you know, to the listeners and stuff, that even if you're a married couple and you are going through difficult times, you still have the ability to still raise amazing kids. Absolutely. And so a lot of times people go, oh, my God, we either can't fight, so we don't talk about anything or we don't show anything, or the fact that we're going to fuck our kids up if, if we fight or something. It's not. A, it's a matter about how you treat your kids. It's not necessarily. It's two different relationships. But I think it woke them up a little bit. So at sure. that point, when my parents, my dad became my biggest fan, he realized that I wasn't. I think my dad was a little bit uh, frustrated because even though we were great athletes and he was just big on education, and you know, we yeah. grew up, you know, we grew up smoking pot and getting in trouble and getting in fights and you know, just being, having fun, being partying, being party animals, really. Yeah. And, to my dad, that's not like, oh, they're they're like great college students and this and that. Like he came from a different world. So to him, he just kind of he didn't connect with us that much while we were like in high school. And but once 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 I got into Chapman, he was like, Oh wow, son. And we just You became more buddies than yeah, he did. Yeah. Everything changed yeah. and he really became my big my biggest fan. You know, that's my awesome. mom was always, you know, working really hard and supporting us financially as well as of course my dad was was yeah. the breadwinner, but my mom was always working as well. And and I think, you know, she would she would always give us money for things we wanted to do and have fun with. My dad would be like, no, 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 thanks. Absolutely not. And so, you know, she had expectations for us to be good or to like whatever, just be be there for the family and this and that. And so, you know, we would let her down a lot more than we let my dad down because, you yeah. know, she's the mom. She was just more in the trenches raising yeah. us and whatnot. But um my dad actually got a doctorate in organizational leadership, and so that's what Whoa. I got. That's what I got my degree in. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So I got. So my deg- let's go into that. So you went to uh, let's transfer to college. So where yeah. did you go to college? So I went to Chapman. Chapman. Okay. I just wanted to stay in OC, stay close to my yeah. family. <laughs> nice. And did you know what you wanted to do right off the bat? Mm. Like, did you know what you wanted to marry? So I was really lucky. Like, I I became very business savvy at a very young age. So at like, I think it was like fifteen years old. One of my close friends, older brothers, was going to be traveling around the country selling selling spas because he was like a really great spa salesman, and he had a Christmas light business. So back in like 1998, 1999, or something like that, he gave me his Christmas light business. And he had a lot of clients in Newport Beach. They all paid a lot of money, and I, I was yeah. putting up my Christmas lights for my aunts and my moms, and that's why he did it because he knew I he knew I knew how to do it, and he, yeah. he knew that I you know I had experience with it. It's awesome. So he gave me like a book of business and. I started putting up Christmas lights over time. My mom, I didn't drive yet, so my mom would show up to the house with a ladder for me <laughs> if the family didn't have a ladder. And yeah, my you know I had a ladder at my parents' house. I kind of had like tools and stuff and right. ladders at a young age. So 
I would I would hire my friends and pay them sixteen bucks an hour when we were like sixteen years old. That's like, huge. That's un- right. It's unheard of. No, no, no one was doing that. Yeah. So that that was one thing. And then I started making this this huge apartment complex in Newport. I think it was Versailles over there uh-huh. on Superior. They required a certain type of a storage unit to be made if you wanted to put one in front of your 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 business. So I was like. My grandmother was like, no one knows how to make these. But my mom and dad had just had some remodeling done to their house, and I became really good friends with our our handyman. So I just did a deal with him, and he started making these storage units for me. So I started doing that. So I started doing business, wheeling, dealing at a young age. When I was in college, I had like a marketing business, and I was working with a bunch of the surf companies in town and uh, managing like some of the local talent, some of the guys who'd gone to the NFL that I was friends with and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I had like a, a bunch of business and yeah. experience and marketing experience. So by the time like I was, you know, like midway through Chapman, I was like I was having a lot of fun. Sure. And I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I had an idea and I thought, gee, well, if I can keep this going, mm-hmm. if I'm doing well while I'm in college, I can keep going, going after, once yeah. I'm after college and this is going to be great because I can do it full time rather than part time and it was right like 2008, 2009 okay. so you know oh, right at that time yeah yeah. so worst time for our country we had a recession it didn't really hit me like it because we did a lot of events too and it didn't really hit me and then I think towards the end of 2009 I was like okay I feel this this is kind of hit slowing everything sure. down and I just graduated from college I'm going to go work for somebody else so I just stopped what I was doing and I just went to go Ended up uh, renovating hotels and traveling around the country. So I was okay. like a contractor, basically. When you look back at that, do you realize how how awesome and like a cut above the rest that is to go through all those businesses at that age and have that mentality to go through that? Because I'm sitting over here. I live around the corner from you. I mean, figuratively. And the only thing that I give a shit about at 16 is – where's the closest chick and how much beer can I drink? <laughs> and then in college, I'm I was like, worried where's about the closest chick? <laughs> yeah, but you're doing businesses. I mean, I got to, I, I always worked. You know, I don't know. I think but that's pretty impressive to have companies to was, at that I time. felt like I was further behind everybody in like the sense that like, I don't know, my, my, my dad came from a different country and he mm-hmm. wasn't like a typical American dad. Like, I'm, a, you know, we're half Persian, you know, Mexican, Scottish kids. I think most of, most of everyone we grew up with, like, you know, think of us as like every average white kid they grew up with, like didn't see any differences, but we, we knew, we've just felt like we were a little bit different, you know, being like, I didn't, I didn't know any Persian kids growing up in, in Orange County. I mean, I know there's a ton of them in Irvine, but we didn't know any in Newport. And so, I mean, I knew like one family in, in Colonel Mar, but it just wasn't common. And I just felt like in my I think, you know, my dad was, you know, he hadn't really made it yet with his career. He mm-hmm. always he'd worked for McDonnell Douglas and they got bought by Boeing and he became a, an executive a few, you know, probably like a handful of years ago, but you know, he's very dedicated, works very hard. He's a, he's a corporate guy. You yeah. know, he's not an entrepreneur. We grew up with a bunch of a bunch of families whose, you know, fathers, you know, own yeah. their own companies or we're making millions and millions of dollars. And to be around that and to have best friends, families that mm-hmm. were like that and like just throwing money around all the time. On top of the fact that my uncle was really successful, who was like a mentor. Of Everybody mine. always has a rich uncle. Yeah, right. I had one. <laughs> but we really connected. And he was like kind of like a second father to me. So okay. I just had these huge, huge aspirations from like, I want to say like 14, 13, 14 years old mm-hmm. to really make something of myself and just go above and beyond just because I felt like, I don't know. I just I felt like being average wasn't a 
the answer for me. It yeah. was going to make me happy. Yeah. One of the things that I love the most, and this is a little self-serving about this podcast, is that I get to sit across individuals. And what I'm understanding is is through talking with literally multiple Olympic athletes and like fitness icons like yourself and fitness models and stuff like that, is that the ones that are true successes, they go through and they do things without that are so awesome and monumental that you hear about in books or you hear about about in speeches, but they don't know that they're doing them. And, you know, a couple of things that you said, you know, you always felt like you were behind, you know, that hunger part Mm -hmm. is so, so important to to keep going. And then, you know, surrounding yourself, you hear this all the time. It's been beaten to to death, but surround yourself with the always trying to level up. So, you know, surround it, even though it was your uncle, always surrounding yourself, always having that hunger. There's little things that you did by happenstance, whatever, it doesn't make a difference, but you did it. And like, I'm with you. Like, I always think... I'm the worst person in the world. I always think not, not in a negative standpoint, yeah. but like, I always like, Hey, I'm got to come in extra prepared. I got to be, I got to do one more, uh, one more set or one more, one more thing. You know, when I go to movie tie, it's always like, I always finish. And then I just do a few more kicks or a few more setups. Or that, when they man. go to 50, I'm always doing 52 without telling anybody. Cause I want to be just, cause I always <laughs> think I'm always the worst, yeah. which as long as you don't do it in a negative standpoint, totally, you, it'll fucking fuel you. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, it's funny that you bring this up because there's a book that I like. It's uh, it's called Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Mm, I, I know Grant Cardone, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. and that's not one of his mo- more popular books, but it and it's a lot of re- repetition from some of his other books. But sure. it's like if you – you got to be obsessed about what, what you're good at, right? And yeah. and if you, if you go above and beyond, of course, you're going to see better results. And I, I just think it's funny because – a lot of us are all in our heads yeah. and, you know, constantly it's, so it's really just the power of thought. And, you know, if you, if you, if you know that you put, if you put in that extra work, if that's going to make you happy, mm-hmm. then you got to put in that extra work. Cause that's going to make you happy to put yourself where you need to be. That's in, in the end of the day, that's really, it's yeah. all about you. It's not about anything, any, what anyone thinks about you or anything yes. else. It's all really just about making yourself content or happy with what you've done that day or with what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, doing that extra work, it just, it, it cures that, that itch you have or whatever it is, or, you know, yep. and I think that that's important. Yeah. So you need to do that, do it. And I think that, yeah. And you did another that thing that I didn't, uh, that'll bring up that you talked about earlier is that, you know, with those businesses that you had at an early age, you know, with the lighting business and then with the storage unit, here you are, you don't know how to do everything. It's not like you knew how to do that and was yeah. waiting for this business, mm-hmm. but you went and did it anyway. Just do it. And so it's not a matter of like, you have to know everything. You just have to step out. And I hate to use these words that everyone talks about, but you got to step past that like fear barrier totally. and then go, fuck, I don't know how this happens, but there's a need. Somebody wants a storage unit. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try to go figure it out. It's well, so, in any business it's so or big. anything in life, like I was just explaining this to one of my, one of my trainers the other day and actually my brother, cause my brother owns a, owns a, a gym just like mine, or it's not just like mine, but he owns a studio. It's a jujitsu studio. Yeah. And I was telling him, it's like in business and in life, it's like, it doesn't matter how many times you fuck up because let's say going right is fucking up. <laughs> What's going to happen after you fuck up? Where are you going to go? You're going to go left. Yeah. You're going to go left and, and eventually you're going to get it right. So it doesn't, it really doesn't matter, you know, and people always talk about like failing forward and this and that. 
I don't, I don't really believe in calling it. I mean, I've, I say failing forward too, but at the end of the day, I don't really believe in calling it failing forward. I just, it's just yeah. learning. It's just life. Yep. It's just, you know, getting to where you need to get yeah. through experience and, you know, and of course, sometimes things don't work out your yeah. way. And, and it's funny. I literally, I literally just got chills when you said it. Cause that's the exact same thing that's been happening with this podcast is that every single time, like, fuck up on something or I don't edit something right or if I don't say something just right or you know, I hate the sound of my voice or whatever, I don't look at it as a fuck up or a failure. I just go, oh, okay, I got to do that different. And it's because I love I love what I'm what I'm doing and I love this. Yeah, you and so like you don't it. ever fuck up. You just go, you know, with your business now, hey, you've messed up or you fucked up, quotation marks, but it's not a fuck up. It's just, like, oh, okay, I got to do that different next time. It's totally, totally fucking different. But I mean, yet and, at and, a job. And really, it, 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 in the big scheme of things, we can, we can call it fuck ups. Who's going right. to scold us for it? You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah. no, there's no ruler of businesses that's going to say, you fucked up so many times. Yeah. <laughs> you right. can't continue. But it's such a different no. in thought process. Like, when you don't, when you're not necessarily on the path that, you know, correlates with you. You fuck up and you go, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I'm a piece of shit. I can't believe that. But when you're on something that you really love, your business, this podcast, whatever the listeners are doing, and you fuck up, you go, oh, okay. Oh, I know not to do that next yeah. time. And if it's it was a totally bad ex- different. And if it was a bad experience, yeah. you don't even have to remember it. Right. Yeah. You know I don't mean? remember it. But I don't... if it was a good, helpful learning experience, you do remember it. And yeah. you keep going from there. For so. sure. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So kind of we get out of college. You went through the 2008. You started to go work for somebody else at this point in time are you thinking of dop are you thinking about doing well, this or while i was renovating hotels around the country i've always been like a marketing and sales specialist so here's my thing i was like so good at sales from a young age and i had worked for other companies um doing sales and i'd always been like the number one producer you know i'm the talker and when i actually learned the art of sales it was like forget it you you're not going to beat me because I've I've been relatively single like through my 20s. I was relatively single through my 20s, and you know I don't have a family. So when you're when you're doing sales and you're single and you don't have a family, you have the time. Right. You can put extra time into it. And yeah. You don't have to go home and like hang with your family and this and that. So I would put in overtime in every office or every business I was in, and I would just crush it. And um, I would move up really quick. And, yeah. And when I got into fitness. I realized that I can apply that same mentality and I'm, I don't have to wait a year, two years to gain the experience that I really learned because I can enter into the world of fitness through sales. And then I'm the, well, here's the, here, let me, let me back up a little bit. I didn't like the fact that I was so great at sales. I, I got to a point in my life, well, first you hit all these highs and you, yeah. become, you become a deal junkie and you're like, great. But then I, I didn't know what I want to do with my life. So I was like, and then I felt like I was just, it was just self-serving. Yeah. I'm only serving myself. I'm only making my own money for myself. I'm not helping right. anybody. I'm not doing anything. Let me, I, sorry, I want to, I want to purposely stop it. So you just said about a couple sentences back, you didn't want to know what you wanted to do with your life. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that every single person listening to this podcast hears that. Oh yeah. You I have mean, someone I, that is super successful. Well, I was struggling. This was the biggest struggle in my life. Yeah. Not knowing what I wanted to do with yeah. my fucking life. Oh man. I can, I can tell you right now, I can look back. This is what kept me awake at night. Yeah. I mean, I don't really typically have that many, many nights where I'm like, you know, rolling around sleepless. Sure. But if, if there was any reason it was because that was yeah. it. I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. And 
it not only did it bother me at night or whatever, it bothered me all day, all the time. It was just like a something that was burning in my stomach yes. all the time, every day, like since I was a young kid. Because I, I was so successful at everything I had done and taken on and all the adults and all my friends and peers, my whole life, my whole fucking life still bothers me that people were, were saying this because I just... And it doesn't bother me because they said it. It just bothers me because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Everyone was always like, you're going to be so successful. Like, this is going to be so great. Yes. Teachers, this, that. And I'm like, really? And what? Yeah. Tell and me. Tell where me what where do. do I apply that? What? Like, what? I just, yeah. And it, it just killed me. So I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was like, I want to say 28 or 29 years old. And even then, when I got into fitness... I still didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do because I was just doing, I was just in sales and it's mm -hmm. not, I wanted to own the whole business and learn everything. So it wasn't until I learned how to like, uh, until, you know, I, I did a couple of certifications and like learned real, you know, you know, started a couple of certification programs to actually learn how to train clients and just learn yeah. every aspect of the business. And I had become so good at fit, um, sales at that point that uh, I'd been recruited to a different business called Velocity Sports Club and or Velocity Sports Performance in Brentwood. It's a big yeah. sports performance chain around the country. And the Brentwood, the LA location was like failing. They had been from like one location and they moved to like Brentwood because they weren't successful where they were. Just yeah. They thought it was their space and location. And um, they moved to Brentwood where their rent was double. And Ooh. within the first couple months, they were going to have to shut their doors down and just like call it quits. Yeah. And the GM at the time was calling me. He he quit. He worked for me, and he quit to go take over this this position as the general manager of this right. other, other position, this other company. And he's like, "We really need you." And I'm just like, "What well, you? They just hired you as the as the GM. Like, yeah. how did would that all work?" And so after two or th two or three months, because they were able to keep it floating, he got he got like a line of credit from the landlord or whatever. Okay. And, but it was just crunch time for them. They made me a deal I couldn't refuse to just like be a partner if I can make it make it successful. And yeah. that's kind of what started really kicked off my fitness career. Uh, I went in there, crushed it. Yeah, you know, built the numbers really quickly in 22 months. I built it to about I want to say 200 percent of what it was. Whoa, what it was. Yeah, still. Um, and it was profitable. We were doing well, and I mean, the owner had a track record of of just not being a good, you know, business guy, just making bad decisions. And he'd gone through eight general managers in the in the five, six years that he already existed. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't keep anybody to he couldn't he couldn't keep anybody working yeah. with him because he couldn't he needs keep to learn anybody from your father happy. on leadership. <laughs> so yeah, so I I knew all this about him. And so um after he had tried to change my pay structure multiple times, which you just don't do. You just don't do it to, to people he, no. he changed it like six or seven times in the seventh time I was like, all right. I just disengaged and didn't work as hard for that, sure. for what I was doing. And I created kind of my own platform to support the the business I was already working with. It was just a different sales platform to bring in okay. more sales, but it was a platform that I owned. And yeah. he he didn't really like that. He wanted to own half of it. And I just was like, no, let's just part ways. Yeah, and not having it. Yeah, he, he was okay with parting ways for a while, but he was calling me within, I think, Three or four months to give me come back. back come yeah. Back. yeah. And then about after two years, um, or exactly two years, he started calling me again because I think he was well, I know he was just in a lot of trouble with yeah. with his business and they just shut their doors down probably like four or five 
four or five months ago. So that was sad, but yeah. you know, just you got to treat Hard your people do. right. You got to you know you got to make the right decisions. Yeah. But it was uh, it was my stepping stone into. So once I got to Velocity in Brentwood, I was able to. <laughs> I I was basically like the, the entire business was dumped on me. Yeah. He hadn't paid taxes in two years. No. He hadn't like. Yeah, so it was a mess. So I had to like hire an accountant. I so just, did you take? Sorry, did you take this whole business over? I it, took everything over. I didn't own it, but I took it over. Okay, got it, as got the it. managing partner, yep. and I um I completely restructured it. I rebranded it. I named it Velocity Sports Club, and changed it from like a sports performance business where we train like a lot of kids. Like there was a lot mm-hmm. of kids programs, like young athletes. We just made it a fitness business, and I, I changed it into a fitness business. We brought in, I brought in upwards of like eighty independent contractors. Oh, nice! Um, and I was mentoring all of them on how to build, you know, on, I was teaching them sales and how to build their businesses and teaching right. them how to, you know, how to market themselves. And that was, it was just really successful. It was the most popular gym in in Los Angeles for a long time for nice. all the elite clients. Um, I mean, we had, you know some of the top Olympic athletes in the world, you know, yeah. training there every day. Some of the biggest names in professional sports training right. there every day. So it was cool. It was a fun experience. And I got to train with every trainer in there, including my sports performance director, um, a guy named Andre. I learned so much in the two years that I was there. It was like, <laughs> it was like going to school for like eight years. And right. Like learning, you know, but I was, I was like the guy that everybody had to kind of answer to. And I was the guy that was hooking everybody up and mentoring and helping everybody. So yeah. they would then teach me all their skills. And so I learned so much while I was there that when I left, I was like, wow, I now know so much I can do anything. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 when I was at Velocity, I decided that this was going to be my life. I was going to be in fitness and be either a fitness entrepreneur um, or a fitness guy yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm noticing with top successful people like, like yourself. You just said it there. To get the most out of your life, it has to be when you have other people, and it has to be a win-win. So here you have all these independent contractors, and you're speaking into them about their business, but they're speaking into you mm-hmm. and teaching you stuff. So it's mm-hmm. a win-win, and your rising tides rides all ships. Absolutely. So it's elevating you up Absolutely. to now you can go into this DOP. So talk us through. So what's your thought process? So then from there, I created my own private training business, um, and I left. There was It was... I've heard of a lot of other businesses that tried to launch that were like this through the past, and I just mm-hmm. had never heard that any of them had been that successful, but I, I just knew that I could do it. And so I built my own private training business where I was almost like a broker, but I we were the brand, and we would bring in all the clients, and the trainers worked for us. And so we were expanding. I think we had up to 12 trainers at one point, which Whoa. was like a lot, but we didn't own a gym. So we were renting space in one main gym, but also training people at their homes or their home gyms or, you know, remote locations or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and used a few different gyms around Los Angeles. Independent, we used a few independent training gyms around um, LA. That business grew so much that um, I was just getting more attention through. Yeah. Instagram had gotten really big at that point. I, it was like, I think 2007, 2000, oh no, excuse me, it was like 2013 at that point, okay. maybe 14. Instagram was getting big and just, I was getting contacted by a lot of people who wanted to work with me and, you know, things like that, like sure. on a regular basis, just because, you know, we're putting our content out there all the time. So yeah. people are getting excited and we had so many clients. I think we had upwards of like 60 to 70 clients, you know, and so... At that point, I got reached out to by a company, an Australian company that was one of the biggest 
you know, hit training studio brands mm-hmm. in, in out there in the mar- in in the market. They nego- they flew down and met with me and I was impressed with what they had done. They had some pretty rapid growth in Australia mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, you guys are impressive." But I'm not really that interested in, you know, I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to build yeah, my own brand. I was getting ready to, you know, to rent my own space and I was already I was I had my eyes on one space for like a year and was negotiating and these guys just kind of threw a wrench in everything. They didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. Typical Australian. Uh, <laughs> so some of the nicest people. Yeah. So I, I mean, I didn't have the best experience in the in the long run, but it, it you know, I think <clears throat> there's a great quote: "Some of the best blessings come out of the worst experiences." So, yeah. so it was a great blessing because I got my studio out of it and I created my brand out of it and whatnot. And my brand was um, already designed before I, I started working with this this company. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have the name, but I had like the branding, the colors, everything was already set up, the programming, everything. And, you know, when I started working with these guys, I got into the studio business. So I, I, I realized how to use some of these, some of the technology, some of the third party mm-hmm. platforms that we use, like mind, body online, and just how to use, use these companies better. Sure. Really. So when my contract was up and they wanted to start charging me and asked me to, that's kind of their thing. Like, you know, they, they, bait and switch they bait you and switch yeah that was that's that's that company's big mo nice and and you know to each their own that's how they grew yeah so you know it is what it is but um i don't think it's super ethical but you know right right yeah you know it's funny i want to make sure that everyone listening heard something but right before you're about to start this this company that you knew you could do it Mm -hmm. like you just you just knew it in your head yeah well the thing that when you say that is one it's true but People need to understand the however many minutes or whatever before that. You had all of this knowledge starting in the sales. You didn't really know what you want to do. And then you go, go, go. All of a sudden, you're a partner. So you have all this fucking knowledge beforehand. And knowledge creates confidence. Yeah. It reduces the unknown. And the unknown is where the negative confidence comes in. Mm-hmm. And so you had all this stuff that you did that would make you feel confident that would and should have had you had been like, well, yeah, fuck yeah, I could do it. I've been doing yeah. this for the last few years. Mm-hmm. I've fix this, this uh, jackass's fucking company, <laughs> you know, of course I can do it. Exactly. So when people hear people saying like, oh, I knew I could do it, usually comes from a fuck ton of of actual experience or knowledge or research or in, oh, yeah. in and things. Getting, so, and, and getting fucked over. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's like yeah. being, being the, this is another funny meme, meme you see all the time. Everyone can, wants to congratulate you when they see that you're successful, but nobody knows how many times you got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, little... unless you're a porn star, then, yeah. then you might have seen how many times <laughs> exactly, they got right? Yeah. Then we all kind of know. But yeah, no, it's just like, you know, people make commitments, they don't follow through, you know, just a lot of different things that happen throughout your 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 career when you're, you're trying to run a business. And yeah. I got to say, like, there was, there was a lot of moments where, you know, I just thought that I was spinning my wheels, you know, just working in sales and doing something that I wasn't really, you know, into. Well, you know, Knowing not being, knowing that I wasn't into it, and trying to figure out where I wanted to be was like always my my main struggle, right? Yeah. And as I got older, and as I just kept consistent with everything I was doing, keep your relationships, you just keep everything going. Mm-hmm. You also have ideas that happen, you know. So with your small successes, you start having more ideas. Well, what if I did this or what if I did that? And then you yeah. know, that's how that's how things finally progress. Sure. You know? um, creating my own my own business while I was still at velocity 
was because, you know, I was finding a lot of success, but like things weren't going my way. Yeah. You know, so, you know, things were, were great and I was getting a lot of praise for all the great things I did for people and yeah. for the business. But in the long run, I wasn't really happy with where I was at. And so, you know, I needed to find where I needed to be. And so at the end, at the end of the day, you know, I think what makes me happy is like, is routines, positive routines mm-hmm. that I know that, you know, are all, all within my, my realm that I can be successful with yeah. routines and habits. And, and then when I need the proper skills to, to accomplish what I need, then I go and sharpen up those skills. And yeah. so for me, it's just, you know, it's just about staying true to who I am and, you know, kind of like, I guess what I'm good at. Yeah. I think when I start to do things that I'm not so great at, you know, of course people start losing confidence. Anyone does. Sure, so of course. it's better to stick to what you're good at and yeah, sharpen those skills. Yeah, the other thing that I'm um, noticing through this podcast and people like yourself is that here you are from the outside looking in, if people didn't know you and everything, that there is a successful, confident man. He's got to be so content with everything. But all the people in your situation, all the people that sit across from me yeah, are always, like they're always, they're never content, no. which is why they're successful. Yeah. So you're at this point now. And so now you have all these other ideas, which I you haven't told this, but like, I'm sure there's probably like an app or a system or yeah. how many, how many locations can I have or, or all this type of stuff. And that never goes away. Yeah. And so you just have to be comfortable with the fact that that's never going to go away, go away, but that's also the fuel that got you to this point. So it's like a de- that's necessary ex- that's evil. That's exactly right. It isn't necessarily evil. I think there's a way to, there's a way to live with that. So I read in, in, I read that four hour week work week book. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss yeah. is Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Fuck, I think I read it like four or five years ago. And there's, I, I had one ma- major takeaway from that book. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great book, but the one takeaway that I have was his, uh, his many retirements throughout his life. Mm. So he said that it's good to like take many retirements throughout your life so that you can refresh your mind. You know, of course we, a lot of us overwork ourselves. Yeah. Hey, I mean, people got to understand if, if you're going to be successful at something, you got to be obsessed with it. Yeah. And obsession can create a lot of just you know, just overworking yourself, you know, burning yourself out, things like sure. that, right? Um, a lot of routines, you know. Yeah. But I think that book was great for me. That takeaway was great for me because I I started doing that after I read that book like four or five years ago. I started taking like every t- every two years or maybe every year. I'm I'm not I don't keep track of it, but mm-hmm. I always come to a point where like I'm I'm like all right, everything is set up. Like all my management is good. Like. Yeah, my team doesn't really need me for anything, and if they do, I'm available like through yeah. my cell phone wherever the fuck I'm at in the world. Yep. But I don't really need to get up at like six a.m. and do like. Of course, I'm the type of person that I'm, I'm highly productive, so I stay extremely busy from early in the morning until like super late at night. I don't really, I don't really hang out and enjoy myself and just chill. Sure. Yeah. I like I'm always working, and right. even if I have people like that are with me or trying to hang out with me, I'm always fucking working. Yeah. So, but my main takeaway from that one was um, not only refreshing. I think their main, the main thing with that whole concept was to refresh. But for me, it's just to I do refresh, but it's it's just that I just need to take a break in that area. Mm-hmm. So whether I go back to that area or I go to another area, like I have like an like a relentless amount of energy and like yeah. motivation, really. Like, but every so often you take some time to. Yeah, you, I just downshift like, a little bit and then stir and then you know, something go, for yourself. Well, not think of so not think about all the stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah, 
you got to just take a break. Exactly. Just release yourself from it and not think about it too much. So it just doesn't bother you and kill, kill you. And then not internalize any of that stuff and just kind of just live you know, just live mm-hmm. freely for, you know, one month, two months, three months, whatever it is. Yeah. And that way I just don't let stress catch up to me. Yeah. I just it's so so huge and so underutilized in this success culture is taking time for yourself. Yeah. Some point in time you have to because you someone like yourself, you probably are a cut above the rest as far as motivation, energy. I mean, some people have specific skills and you probably have that, so you don't need to rest as much as other individuals. Mm-hmm. But you have to take that time. You don't always like to rest, too, right? Because like you just there's yeah. the next project, the next this, the next that. But it's just necessary to go on a trip. Yeah, you got to put the social media down and stop. Like you know yes. what I mean? Like live more and post less. And like there's <laughs> just good. you know yeah. you just gotta you gotta live for yourself every once in a while, not live for other people or for your business yeah. or for your bank account. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you know. Yeah, and one other thing and. Sure but but that that what I just said does contradict with a lot of other things that I do say. I mean, I do think that we live in a world where if you're not successful and wealthy, yeah. you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're struggling throughout your whole life. So you have to make sure you position yourself and get into a place to where you can live for live healthy, live right. for yourself, take time for yourself, do these things. But I never I didn't rest until I got to this point. Like, I mean, I'm 30, 36 now, right. 37 in December. I didn't really take I mean, right now I'm I'm taking a little bit of time off. I'm working yeah. like part time, but like I just just went on like four or five vacations back to back. Yeah, because this is the time for me to go and go to all these weddings and to do all these things. Because I actually have the time to do it. When I start opening more locations, I'm not going to have time to do that. I'm going to be really busy, and I already know how I work. Mm-hmm. I know the level of obsession that I have, and you know, and yeah. my commitment and my dedication, and you know, the diligence it takes to get yeah, to get this sure. shit done. That's a really, really big takeaway. Is that it's fine to find a rest, but you gotta you gotta go up the hill first. It's fine if it's flat at the top of the hill. Fine, don't rest halfway up there. Just get it done, get huh, through it, and get to- get over you, it. I've never heard anybody yeah. say it so perfectly. That's what I. My thing is, I always say I'm ambitiously lazy, meaning I will sit there and I will run side by side, and I guarantee you, you will quit before I do. But I have to know that there's a spot where I could rest. Exactly. Like, as long as I know there's a spot up there, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, with you on that. And then the other thing, just from a from a business stand- standpoint, that's one of the things that I used to tell all my other uh, managers and stuff like that is, your whole goal is to be useless, and you've you've quote unquote done that where you don't need to be there and stuff like that. So you hope you pat yourself on the yeah, back right. back for that. So Thank really, really cool. Appreciate that. One of the other reasons why I wanted to have you on here to talk a little bit before we started the podcast is that you have um, your perspective that we kind of just talked about, but you also have, and we're just going to focus on just like the physical attribute, but you have a perspective of coaching people. Yeah. And before we go into it, one of the things that I love about your social media is I just heard so, you know, Gandhi did did all these walks and everything, and people always went, came to Gandhi. But there's this one story where this mom came with her uh, son and said, hey, Gandhi, I want my kid to stop eating sugar. And he goes, oh, um, okay, well, come back in a month. So it comes back in a month, and he goes, and she goes, I want my son to quit eating sugar. And he goes, okay, do it. And mom goes, wait, why did you why did you wait so so long? And he goes, well, I wanted to see if I could do it first. <laughs> And yes. that's so cool because – and the reason why I say that is because it goes back to your social media is Confidence. you – you I see you do the, the workouts. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and obviously you can't be 
quote unquote out of shape and in there probably wouldn't fit that well with the business if you weren't in shape. Yeah. But nonetheless, you're doing the workouts, which I think is so cool. You have your your clients and your customers doing that, but I think it's so cool that you are actually doing it. You're like uh, leading by example. So yeah, it's really, we, really cool. It's a lot different than any other social media fitness preach, icon man. I've seen. We live That's we really preach. cool. Yeah. That, so that's a good point. I mean, I think I, I don't have as much respect for people that you know, don't really practice what they preach, yeah. you know? Oh, it's I try, so I try every product and I try every, every, you know, system and all the workouts that, you know, I, I've done all the workouts before hit the yeah. hit studios got popular, you know, like all the little fads that have come out and I just, I, they've, they've gotten better and better throughout the years, but I just think that if you don't practice what you preach and if you don't, yeah. do, if you don't live that truth, then it's no music to your words. It's, it's all it's all empty. And people people I think people's bullshit meters are being more and more in tuned. Absolutely. These days. Oh, everyone's you know? so much smarter these days. Well, yeah, you can't I hide so. anything anymore. Right. You can't really yeah. hide anything anymore. I yeah. mean, here's the thing. What you don't show is what you're not is what you're not really. So if you're not showing your workouts, you, you could be saying that you're doing them, but if you're not showing them, it's like right. no one's gonna really believe it. It's so funny you say that. So um, not on the overcoming you Instagram, but on my personal Instagram, I've been waking up at four a.m. for years and been telling everybody, not telling everybody from a bragging standpoint. Just yeah. be, they're like, I'm really really big on, especially this last year, you know, getting over some. Um, mental health issues and stuff like that. Yeah. The routine's been so fucking crucial Wonderful. for me. 4 a.m., wake up, meditate, read, work out. That's if huge. I do that, my day's awesome, That's no so matter huge. what the fuck it is. But I'm telling everybody, and now this last probably two months or so, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I've been telling everybody I'm going to show. And so I've been posting it. Now, every single one of my close friends, my my friends that have been, that come over to my house once a week and, yeah. you know, have a, have a beer or cocktail or whatever, they're like, so wait, what time are you going to bed? Like, you really wake up every morning? I'm like, bitch, I've been telling you for a year I've been doing that. And I'm like, but, but it doesn't they don't show it. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, I got to I gotta show that. It's so, so, so funny. It yeah. just doesn't validate in people's minds unless you actually show it. Yeah, so it's, it's good. It's good for the whole FOMO thing and, like, fear of missing out. Like, you know, people want to, they want to do what you do if it's positive and healthy and, yeah. you know, if it works for you. And so, yeah, yeah. so it registers more. Yeah. If you're talking about, if we just take that one microcosm of fitness and you've seen th- tens of thousands or however many hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of people come through your studio and throughout your time in fitness, what, from your perspective, from your per- coach perspective, from your business owner perspective, what makes a person actually achieve their fitness goals versus the people that quit? Do you it's, see a common thread? It's like the diligence meter, man. It's like everyone wants to get in shape, but who's willing to stay true to their program or, you know what I mean, themselves. Consistency. And man, yeah. It's, it, the big difference is people that are really serious about it, you know, they'll focus and they, they'll be diligent on all aspects, you know, with all aspects of their fitness and their nutrition. Yeah. Because it's not 80-20, it's not 70-30, it's 100-100. It's yeah. You know, if you want to get in good shape and if you want to, if you want to be in the best shape of your life, you have to eat so clean and you have to work out, you know, efficiently every mm-hmm. day. You have to be on a program. You have to work out. You can't just go run on a treadmill for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes every day and, and then think that you're eating clean and and then, you know, have some type of a shake that you don't know what the fuck's in the right. ingredients and then you're going to be clean. No. Yeah. You have to like do your research. You have to take the time, find the right, take the right products, eat the right food. Fuck. 
a lot of the chicken out there is is ah, it's just yes they put so many steroids in it that it's like better to have beef nowadays it's yeah. like I see the not in every things. case. I mean, they yeah. do have the organic, you know, but like, it's like, fuck, you have to be really careful with what you put in your body. And, yeah. and so what, what most people think is healthy isn't really that healthy. And, you know, there's also a lot of fitness professionals out there that are, you know, they get paid by brands. And, and for the most part, they're not like unhealthy brands. But if people are trying to be in the best shape of their lives, those products aren't even that great for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's just, you have to be really pay attention to what you're putting in your body and, and how you work out, what, what you're doing. And is it, is it the right thing for your age? I mean, are you going to get hurt? You know, Mm -hmm. is it going to slow you down? Just all those, all those things. And so, you know, it's like, I tell my clients, it's like, how serious are you? Where are you at you in your life right now? And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and how diligent. So when you ask that question, so let's say you were asking me and me and my buddy, and one of us answers in a way that you go, Oh, this guy's serious. And one of the, one of us answers in a way that you go, hmm, not so much. What some things might they say when you ask those questions? When you say, like, how serious are you? And like, yeah, what would I be mean, some of the answers? You, 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 I, I hate to say this, but, like, even the people that are serious, they they think they're serious, and they'll give you the answers that you want to hear. Mm. And that's the problem. Yes. And they don't stick to it. Yep. So that's the issue. Yeah. And it's easy when you're, like, you know, it's all about comfort zones for people, right? So mm-hmm. it's easy, like, when you're, like, tired or you, like, don't know what to eat or, like, you haven't eaten, you know, you were supposed to eat at, like, you know, 5 p.m., but it's now 7 p.m. And, like, or let's say it's, like, 9.30 p.m. and you haven't eaten all day and you're yeah. just, like, everything's about to close and you just order whatever on post. It's, like, no, you have to – you just plan have to plan out. things better. And, like, yeah, so it's it's all relative to – talking to them about what's really what's going on in their life and if they're ready and if they have you know if they have the desire and the capability to to slow things down and start to organize their life so they can get in the shape that yeah. they need to get into because getting in shape doesn't really just happen you can't just do it you can't just not eat and then just get in shape right you have to plan it out i some i think some things changed for me in i'll just stick to fitness some things changed for me in fitness when I really started to do it for myself. I have never like I've always worked out, but never just always been been beach muscles, you know, that yeah. type, type of stuff. And the reason being is because it was for outside validation. <laughs> it was for the chicks, it was for the dudes, it was all for that. Now it's just for me. Yeah. And oddly enough, at age thirty seven, I'm in the best physical shape and mental shape I've ever been in my life totally. when it's all for me. Yeah. Like I don't post on that stuff on Instagram. Just to for a couple of things, one to hold me accountable, yeah. and two, to, so like you were saying, well, yeah, there's no, posting, music to my po- words. Posting stuff and like and and validating it that way is mostly for you, in my opinion. Yeah, um, in in that where the heart is, but it's like to just to show everyone that I'm like I am who I say I am, especially with this podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to make sure, like, hey, I'm I'm in it. I'm meditating. I haven't Living missed it. a day in of meditation, and uh, I think I'm like. 230 something days straight, you know, with at least minimum five minutes of meditation, usually about 20. Good for I you. I do not miss it. It's a thing that has helped me out the most in my life, period, end of story. That's without amazing. a shadow of a doubt. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big meditator, but I do believe in it. Um, and I tell you right now, one of my trainers I was having a bad day. I don't really have a ton of bad days, but I was just having, I don't know if it was a bad day or if it was just, I was dealing with a lot She's like, dude, just do me a favor, go meditate. And I did, and I just felt everything was just, yeah, it was felt so and much you, better. You know, what it the was th- just thing I <laughs> after after it was over, I was like, holy fucking shit, yeah, I could just 
just give myself five minutes to myself and meditate and I could feel it much like, yeah. relieved. Like this relieved every time. I was like, whoa. Yeah. You know what I, I've noticed or what I've come to realize a little bit more is that the word meditation, everyone has like a lot of weird, everyone thinks it's different. You know, my wife, I've been with her, been married three years in September together for seven. Oh, and thanks. And um, I be it's since meditation has been like the best thing ever for me, you want to share it. And so I'm like, you know, Jeanette, like you got to meditate, you got to do it. And she just can't do it. Well, come to find out. And after talking to people a little bit more educated behind the science, well, she goes to the beach all the time and just sits there and watches the waves. That's a form of meditation, she does meditate. you know, and so it could be something where you're in your office or you're in your car and you don't have anything on. You're just thinking that's a form of meditation totally. or, or music or whatever it is where you just are by yourself and just thinking in the moment, whatever that is. Totally. Meditation. So it absolutely. doesn't be so um and fingers. Yeah, all that no, absolutely. Shit. And that's a good point. So, actually. That's a great point. Actually, I have just one other question. One other question for you. Um, but before I get get into that, for all of our listeners, where can everyone kind of find you? And what's your Instagram? What's your uh, website? If anybody wants to look you up. Good question. So um, you can find uh, find me on Instagram at Chris underscore and then just my last name, which is M-O-G-A-D-D-A-M. Uh, kind of have like two Instagrams, uh, or three actually. <laughs> so D-O-P Santa Monica is the other one. Okay. So, uh, DOP underscore Santa Monica. I kind of go back and forth from um, fitness Instagram and my personal. So okay. Chris underscore Skywalker is what I've always gone under for fitness, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of changing that into. Yeah. Into and like I'll put my, all this in the my show last notes. Name, so my last it. name. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going back and forth with it right now, but I've always had uh, my Instagram account's always been Chris underscore Skywalker. Right now it's Chris underscore my last name, which is M O G A D D A M. Um, so you could find me on either of those. Posting stories daily, usually, and just, yeah. you know, trying to trying to live that fit fit life. Yeah, no, I love motivate it. Motivate others. I love it. But if someone were to come to you and go, "Hey, I'm gonna, I want to be with you. Why? Why are you different than the guy next door, or something? What makes your program different, in your opinion?" Uh, so, my opinion, I think we stand out because we are um, we're extremely well known for like our our programming, and so based on my experience being a fitness professional who's worked in regular fitness and sports performance, we're able to program a lot of movements and exercises into our routines and workouts that people don't get to do unless they're like elite athletes. Okay. Oh, cool. It doesn't have to be an advanced movement. It just, people don't get introduced to a lot of those things unless they're playing sports. So we make it a very uh, team oriented athletic type of environment. Mm -hmm. And that brings people together in a community. So you know, our business is huge with community, so results and community. So because the workouts are so demanding and we're able to tie in a sports performance element to it a little bit, yeah. um, the results are, are just, you know, inevitable for our, our clients. And in conjunction with the community, it's just, I haven't seen anything like it. I really yeah. haven't. I know there's a lot of other businesses, like, for instance, for instance, when CrossFit came out, they're really big on community, but... What we have in Santa Monica is just it's it's you can't compare it to anything yeah. else. We have we have people that come in to our studio, and they have close friends that are like their best girlfriend. That's all, they're, and they're all members, right? But then the other groups form with with like girls and guys, and their their other friends aren't even in those groups because they've just made such strong connections. Yeah. So um, you know, people help others get jobs. It's just like such a strong community over there. Yeah. It's just, so it's great. Yeah, that's one thing that I. I've noticed um, with your company is that 
it is always, always packed. And everyone is always smiling. <laughs> yeah. It is that's really really cool. Yeah. It's you can sense the the community feeling and like, like the, the positivity in yes, there. Yes, sir. You know, it's no bullshit. It's like it's like you know when you're working out with your favorite or if you're hanging out with your favorite sibling. Yeah, you're always gonna be happy. Like when you're you're like your younger brother or sister or older yeah. brother or sister, and you're with your your sibling that you like being around all the time. It's like you're just gonna be happy and. That's kind of what it is over at Double Ops. It's like a community feeling where you know that you have, like, the trainers are like all, you know, the big brothers and sisters and got everybody's backs and mm-hmm. everybody's just in a great mood. Just yeah. Can't beat it. It's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, lo- I love the, um, the, what you put together over there. It's really, really interesting. Thanks, really, man. really awesome. Hopefully we'll have it out here in Orange County sometime soon. Yes, yes, yes. Go there oh. on a daily basis. Yeah. We got a lot of listeners around, around you, so hopefully you'll uh, grab some people in there. So I have a, kind of a different closing question for everybody, but if, what advice would you give man or woman doesn't make a difference coming to you and says, I don't think I can build a business or I don't think I can get in shape. Like their, their mental portion isn't right. What kind of advice would you give from your standpoint? Well, that all comes from the power of thought and that's like a really long discussion, but I can try to tighten it up a little bit. And I think the power of the power of like one thought over another is really what it comes down to. And, you know, are you allowing yourself to 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 have a weak mind and to to allow you know um, all the the tangibles and you know the exterior factors to bring you down and, and make you feel like you don't have the confidence, or are you allowing yourself to feel confident and to to feel brave and to take risks? You have to train your mind to think strongly, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you're having a weak moment, you have to find the positivity and the way to to overcome that weak moment and to have a you know a positive or strong thought process for yourself yeah. and that will help you build the confidence now if if that doesn't work then 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 what you need is skills you know go out and find the skills that awesome. will help you build the confidence and um in most cases i think people can can build the strength in their thought process first mm-hmm. Sometimes people need to build the skills first, and that's fine. Sure. Whatever it takes. But anybody can do it. It doesn't matter who you are. If you want to start a business, um, you just have to go out there and you know do the research and, and just learn a little bit and see what it takes to, to open that business, whether whether it's you want to open, open a corporation or an LLC. These are all things that all of us learned. You mm-hmm. know, none of us knew it I, before. And I remember, you know, and something I didn't really touch on is, is I had a lot of disabilities growing up. Like I was, you know, I was I had learning disabilities and – I just remember in high school, I was like, fuck, I don't know what the word mortgage means. When am I ever going to know what that means? Or yeah. equity. I was like, I can remember thinking these two words. They always confused me. People would try to explain them to me. And I just like, yep, just going one, right. one through one year and out the other. And I was like, what, like what's going on? But yeah, you develop as, as a young kid and whatnot. And yeah. I develop with all my you know disabilities and whatnot. And I think... When you're starting a business, it's the same thing. You develop, you know, it's a process. And so you learn as you go. And, you know, if you if you make a right turn, right, and yep. you end up hitting a dead end, where do you go next? You just go left, and that's it. Yeah. And eventually you'll find, you'll find your way. Cool, man. That's awesome. I really, really, in all sincerity, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate being um, open and transparent. I'll put all, all those where everyone can meet you in the show yeah. notes and all the type of stuff. But um, I just really appreciate you. are very, very positive and successful individual. And Thanks, I'm st- stoked that you did this. Appreciate I really did. It. Thanks, love, dude. love coming in. Yeah. See ya. Awesome.